BDR's Prime Partners podcast delivers insight on services, resources, and business practices that can help your company succeed faster. Listen and learn for ways to take your company forward. Welcome to the Prime Partners podcast. I'm Tyler Gunhoos, BDR's Senior Marketing Communications Specialist. We've got an awesome episode for you today. We are talking about assessments, how assessments can help you hire the right employee for your company. And I'm joined by somebody who could not be more perfect to talk about recruiting, assessments, and all things finding the right person for your company. We're joined by Oksana Volosenko, Vice President at Recruit for Business. Oksana, welcome to the Prime Partners Podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. I am excited to have you on here. You and I have been talking about doing an episode about assessments for a little while here. Excited that we get to jump in and talk about it today. Thought it'd be great to just give people a background on on who you are and who recruit for businesses, where you come from, and your experience in the industry, as well as your background in assessments and working with assessments. Absolutely, I am Oksana with Recruit for Business, the vice president. I've been uh, with BDR and Recruit for Business. Oh gosh, since I believe 1999, so a long time. <laughs> And I've been working with our contractors, with the dealers in the HVC industry primarily for the last 20 plus years. It's been an exciting journey. We got into the personality assessments back in 2003, 2004 is when we started using them ourselves and then introducing it to the contractors out there to help them with their hiring process and, of course, understanding their employees better. Awesome. Yeah. So many great crossovers between BDR and Recruit for Business and yourself. I remember when I first started here and everybody was talking about Oksana, but I hadn't really met you because BDR is on the second level and Opportunity Interactive and, and Recruit for Business are on the first floor of our building. But you've, you've had a long history with BDR and in our industry. And, and now you guys are out there doing awesome things for contractors and for, for dealers and in their recruiting spaces. Absolutely. Yes, we have had a great journey the last 12 years focusing on recruiting and hiring with our contractors and helping the dealers fill the right people in the right seats. And this is actually how assessments are the tool that they use in the whole process. Yeah, well, let's jump in then and talk about it. I think a lot of people might have some conceptions of what they think assessments are, or they might have some misconceptions of what they think they are, but they're not. So why don't you just kind of give us an overview? What are assessments and why do we need them in the hiring process? So assessments is essentially a tool that is the only non-biased tool in the whole hiring process. It allows the candidate to give us information about themselves and gives us an insight on kind of the things, what we call the things be under the, uh, the water of the iceberg. So we typically see a candidate, we know what they look like, we know how they engage with us, but we really don't know how they're going to perform their job until they've been with our company for six months to a year. The assessment reveals their natural tendencies, their learning abilities, their learning styles, to help us be set up for success to onboard this individual. So it, it tests, you know, it tells us how quickly will they learn the job? Are they the right fit for the job? And that's why we need these assessments to get us ahead of the game in the hiring and onboarding of an employee and really setting up the employee for success in their position. And therefore, if they're successful, we're going to be successful as a whole, as a company. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, you mentioned, you used a word there that I liked, and it was this concept of non-biased tool. And I feel like 
we all probably have had experience before in the hiring process where maybe we we brought somebody on and they they're great in the interview but then the you know they get into the job and it maybe isn't the right fit and and those biases come out both positive and negative in the hiring process and how people interview so i feel like this kind of takes it to the next level and gives you a more holistic understanding over the person you're looking to bring on to your team so that you can go beyond just the how well do they do in person talking communicating and and get to some of those more ability level are they going to be the right fit Absolutely. Yeah. And the biases we have is usually I had a great conversation about golf with them because I love golf and they love golf. I want to hire them. Right. But they're not going to do golf in your company. So we really want to have the the real how are they going to perform the job and are they going to enjoy the job that we're placing them in? Most of us can do a lot of these jobs out there. Most of us can do customer service if we're a people person and answer the phone. But do we love doing that, you know, day in and day out? Not everyone does. They're great with people when they're in front of them, but then they, they're the type of person, maybe a more introvert that wants to go and hide in the corner. So that's why this tool helps us reveal some of those things. Just because they've done well impressing you in the interview doesn't mean they're going to be 120% on like this uh, as far as being personable with everyone or vice versa. Just because they were nervous in the interview does not mean that they're going to be nervous all the time. It just could be that person is someone who gets takes longer to trust other people, so they're nervous up front initially. But then once they build strong relationships, they're really good at taking care of those customers. Uh, so that's why assessment is, it takes away that whole personal bias of the person. I like them or I don't like them. I don't like the outfit they wore, so I'm not going to hire them. That We get beyond that, right? We're looking at, are they the right fit for what they're going to do in their job? And it it also eliminates the emotional attachment if we assess a candidate before we meet them. So we're not trying to go against the information we already know. And it says they're not going to be the right fit for sales. And we keep trying to push them into sales or hire them because we really like them. And, and it became emotionally attached to that individual. Well, I, I love the, the emotional piece that you brought into that and how that impacts our, our interview process. I, I can speak to being in interviews before where I just really liked the person. I liked the idea and I, I thought this is somebody who I could work with, but you need that extra layer. And so while you and I were talking about recording an episode on assessments, you mentioned something really important to me and I'd, I'd love for you to address it here because I think when a lot of us think about assessments, we might think Myers-Briggs personality assessments, or we might think you know, the strengths finder or, or so many other assessments that are out there. But what you highlighted was that there is a really strong difference between assessing for personality and assessing for ability. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So a lot of tests out there are strictly just that personality assessment. They'll tell you, you know, the disc pegs you in a square or they'll tell you really a lot about your personality, but they don't tell you your learning style. They don't tell you how fast you learn in, in, in comparison to other people. So the abilities component is a critical one to know because someone with, you know, abilities of an eight may be very intelligent, very quick learner, but they also like things, the complexity to their learning. So they complicate things that are basic and you're, you could be hiring someone that you think they're a great customer service representative, but an abilities of an eight customer service representative will outgrow that position really fast. And they're going to want more growth and more advancement. And you might not have that available to offer to them. And then vice versa. You could hire someone who 
thinks they would be a great in leadership and management positions and can do all of these finesse, you know, complex things in, in the company, but their abilities show that they take longer to learn the job. So you could be thinking, oh, I'll bring them on two months later, they're going to be promoted. And then, and they're thinking, you know, their mindset and how quickly you can get them up to that level. It could take six months, it could take a year. So your expectation would be different for someone with high abilities versus someone with low. When you don't know that component, just because they have a great personality, you could be overloading them and overwhelming them with how much they're able to comprehend, learn, and, and retain information-wise. You know, some jobs are more complex, like a dispatcher. If you have a service dispatcher, you need them to have the abilities of a seven because they have to quick be a quick thinker on the spot. They have to be able to make quick decisions. And someone who's three on abilities, it takes them longer to process that same amount of information. So ability to process and retain information and respond and react differently is a component that most personality assessments out there miss or don't have as, a, as part of their assessment process. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there was a, uh, one other thing uh, that I'll pull out of that that you mentioned. seems like we really take the setting unnecessary expectations up for failure when we do assessments because we're not just assuming that based on how they interviewed, based on their resume, based on other information we might have at the hiring process. We're not just assuming that they're going to be the perfect fit. We're we're setting the expectations of, no, this person statistically is going to be a good fit because they match up on these levels. And it takes some of the guesswork out of, well, do we have the right person? We think we do, but it, it takes a little bit of that uncertainty out of there. The other part on abilities that also helps is we, we typically tend to hire people and we assume they learn things the way we learn them. And you've got people who are visual learners, so you got to give them good uh, pictures and drawings and videos. But then you have people who are very good learning, reading procedure manuals. So you hire someone and they're a visual learner and you gave them this thick book of procedures to read and they look at it and go, well, I don't know what I'm doing. I, you know, I hate reading and you want me to read this. And I, anytime I've asked anyone who's not a reader, if they came to a job and they were given a procedure manual, they're like, yeah, they gave it to me and I put it on the shelf and never looked at it. And then the manager is assuming that that employee is following the procedures and they're not because they're not a reader. So they're just figuring it out as they go. So understanding that learning style abilities reveals that to us. You know, are they a numbers person that learns through numerical reasoning better? So you give them good steps and processes. Are they someone who's a procedure, you know, loves to read and write and you give them good written procedures? But if they're a visual, you got to have hands-on pictures, drawings, videos. That's how they learn best. If you set them up with the right tools to learn their jobs, you're going to get them that much further ahead in their, in their career and their role that you're hired them for. Well, and that's that's the goal, isn't it? We we want to set us up for a successful entry point into the company to make this not just a another person that we're hiring on that maybe is only going to last. We're we're hiring to be successful with a long term career that we're setting this person up for. Exactly. So, very cool. I want to ask about during that hiring process, and so we've we've brought them in, we've maybe done an interview or before we've done the interview, we're like, all right, we feel like this is a person who could fit well. Let's do an assessment. So we go through the assessment and what's that next step look like? What are hiring managers, owners, team members who are, who are involved in that process from the company side? 
what are they what should we be focused on with that assessment data to to make sure that we've got a person who's the right fit so the first thing is when you do complete it or have an assessment completed i encourage you to schedule a call if you're working with one of our recruiting coaches schedule a call with the coach to analyze the results if you're on a whim trying to uh, quickly look at the assessment, look at the areas, not necessarily at that percentage. We all get hung up on the percentage. Oh, it's 82%. They're going to be a great candidate. Not necessarily. We want to look at where are they off that benchmark, those green shaded boxes on the report. Which ones are they off in and why they're not fitting that criteria? And is that something that we can coach them to? Or is that something that's going to be critical? If they can't meet that standard, we're not we're going to set them up for failure. So if you can't get on the phone and analyze it with us, I encourage you to do that. But if you can, look at the areas that are off the benchmark and how will that impact their job. So for example, a salesperson who's not competitive, but instead more cooperative, what motivates them? What drives them to close sales? If they're not competitive, they're not looking to that next goal, the next number. You know, can we drive that competitiveness out of them? A lot of times it's not going to. They are someone who's probably going to be just there for the ride. You know, the the coaster salesperson. The sales are coming in. I'll take the orders. But if you want me to go after stuff, I don't know that I will. So it's different jobs. Some of those areas may be critical. You know, dispatcher, if they're very introvert dispatcher, you know, they're going to ignore that phone or not want to talk to people or get people off the phone faster than they should. You know, so those things you want to look at, where are they off the benchmark for the job? Yeah, you mentioned a, a word there that we've used, and I want to make sure we just, you know, give people a, a good understanding who might be coming at this completely new from the assessment process. But uh, talking about benchmarks, can you just give us a little overview of, of why that's so important? It's not just we're looking at somebody in a vacuum, but rather we've we've got some historical data and, and or even just some some parameters we've set up that that set us up to know where that person is going to rank. Yeah. So the way that the benchmarks are set in assessments is we took successful players in those roles. We took successful technicians, successful installers, their results, and we created these kind of criteria where the where the top performers fall within. So when you're hiring for that position, if it's a service technician or an installer or a field supervisor, we really want to make sure they fall within those parameters of the of the good fit for solid or successful fits fall within. So that's why when I say watch those benchmarks and where they're off, because that, that position requires them to be within that benchmark for that position. So anytime they're off, we want to question it and see how critical is this and where are we going to, you know, can we work this out and coach it? This is where an assessment will give you interview questions to ask based on the areas they're off the benchmark, right? So that benchmark is, this is what our perfect candidate looks like. If they're within this, we probably are not going to have a lot of issues with them. They're going to perform to our standard. If they're outside of it, here's the questions you should ask. Here's how you want to, you know, follow the process of uncovering. If they're aware of that in their personality, and if they're not, then at that point, you'll know, okay, this is something I will have to watch and coach them and mentor them in this area of their personality. So if someone's not aware that they are very reactive and the job requires them to stay focused for long periods of time, then you can provide either tools to keep them organized or ways to keep them focused where you don't give them too much upfront of what needs to be done because then they have a hard time juggling and staying focused on what they're working on. So that reactive personality needs someone else to keep them focused, right? Or vice versa, someone who's very organized knowing that 
and they're maybe not aware of it, you know, that if I disrupt them, I really have to tell them exactly my expectations to that I need them to drop what they're doing and pay attention to me at this moment because they're focused on what they're working on. Those people that are very, very focused on their jobs, are very organized, analytical, they get kind of hung up and they're like, go down a rabbit hole and they stay there for a long time. You sometimes have to bring them out <laughs> and to, to everyone else and because we've got other things going on that they need to be a part of. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that I like that you brought up here is that it's it's a continual tool that we're going to use in the process. Like even somebody who has a you know perfect assessment, let's say they get a 99 out of 100, 99% that they're going to be a perfect fit for this role. It's probably not the last time we're, we're going to look at their assessment, even if we do hire them. That is a, that's a thing that we want to continue to look at from the day that they start with our company all the way to however long that they stay with us. Absolutely. So, and the reason you're going to continually look at it is it's not that they're not a fit for the job. It's you as a manager or as a leader, maybe different than they are, and you're clashing with them. So you're going to look at why am I clashing with this person? Why am I not getting through to them? And this is where you need your own assessment and theirs to sit and compare and analyze and go, okay, I'm reactive. So when I come to them, I think they need to stop everything and stare at me. And they're a very organized person and they're they might stop and look at me, but then they go back to what they were doing. But I wanted them to drop everything and shift gears. So that's where, as a manager, we have to understand our differences with our employees so we can manage to their personality. We have to be the chameleons, not the employee. The employee is there to do their job. Our job as a manager, we're going to have five, six, seven different personalities we're managing And we got to adjust ourselves to each one individually. So that's why it's important to understand our own personality tests and traits to see why we clash, why we get frustrated, and how do I overcome that frustration? Yeah. Well, and going back to what you said, too, about, you know, if one of the first things that you recommend is that when people take an assessment or have a prospective employee take an assessment, you know, reviewing it with a coach, you and I have sat in some meetings together and reviewed employees that we were looking at, but also that process you talked about of team members who we might be having problems with, or we might be, you know, we, you and I have sat in a room together and you said, all right, well, let's overlay. And I want to point out too, that if for any Harry Potter fans out there, Oksana is like the Mr. Ollivander of, (laughs) of uh, assessments. I sat in a meeting with her one time and she said, well, let's put, let's, oh, that's right. I remember your assessment. And it was like, I'd been with BDR for a year and a half, two years at that point, but you, you remembered some things in my assessment. So mm-hmm. it was, it was a funny moment, but yeah, having that insight, having that resource is really important. But every time we've hired somebody in our marketing department with BDR, uh, we've taken my assessment, we've taken Matt's assessment, our, our, our vice, our senior vice president of, of training and marketing, we've overlaid those. And then we've taken the person we were hiring and seeing where those differences might lie, because it's going to be a really powerful management tool in, okay, where, yeah, this might explain why we're having this problem here, or this might, we might have a different vision or a different priority in this type of situation because of, of these different scales. And I think it's, it's so important to not just be, okay, we did, we did an assessment for this person. They're going to be a great fit, goes and sits on a shelf and we never look at it again. Yeah, we always should be looking at it and referencing it. Also, you know, when you're pairing people up to work together, 
you know, you've hired them, they're a great installer, and then you've got a helper you're trying to place with them, right? That's that's another layer to it. You've got a helper you're now hiring. You got a lead who started as a helper. Now he's your lead, but he hates training other people and he sees helpers as a distraction to his work that he needs to do. Knowing that ahead of time, you can pair them up with the right people. You you know who's going to be your trainer leads and who's going to be your leads. We need someone who knows what they're doing, at least half of the job, because they might run off those helpers if you and will and they'll delay your growth with your team too if you pair them up with the wrong people. So you should never stop looking at those assessments. And granted, it's not going to be day in and day out, but you should always be referencing them when you're making decisions that could be impactful on team uh, collaboration or team growth. Also on management, trying to be a better manager to your employees. You know, if you know you're struggling, you have an employee that maybe has a, you can feel they've got a wall up and they're not open with you. They're not genuine. Trying to figure out how do I break through it and build that trust. You're going to reference back to assessment. Am I approaching it differently? Am I not, and am I not relaying what I need from them in the way that they receive that information? So those are, you know, there's so many different ways that assessment can be used day in and day out in your job as a manager, also in your employee's job for them to understand, well, why am I not getting promoted? You can pull and go, well, this job requires this, but your personality is this way. I'd hate to put you in a position where you're going to hate it and all of a sudden we lose you all together. We really want to retain you as an employee and we don't want to put you somewhere where you're not going to be happy, you know, because happy employees produce good results for us, right? Happy employees are more productive. They give 120% to their job. If they're not satisfied, then they're just going through the motions of, oh, I showed up again. I'm here. Oh, absolutely. And so we, we kind of went down a retention, assessments as a retention tool, which was a great discussion. I want to go back to the hiring process now mm-hmm. and pull out one other thing that you mentioned. And you talked about the scoring and the when we we have an employee that scores really high, like that tells us, okay, this person aligns with the job. But you also identified that there are questions that if they don't, if they're misaligned with what our benchmark is going to be, that there are questions we can ask in the interview process. And I, I think I already know the answer, but I want to hear it from you too. Just because somebody scores lower or misses the mark in some of the categories does not immediately disqualify them in the process, nor should it. Is that correct? That's correct. I wouldn't disqualify them just because they're lower percentage than what we typically recommend for a good fit. I would consider looking at the areas they're off the benchmark to see, again, it goes back to, can we coach them in this area and help them develop you know, the skill or maybe the help them shift that trade a little bit by teaching them how to do it. It's the same thing. You could have someone who's a great natural leader because people really want to follow that person, but they're not assertive. And in management and leadership, you have to have assertiveness to have the difficult conversations, right? So when they're missing that assertive scale, we can coach to that in most cases, unless it's a one on submissive, then we probably can. (laughs) But for the most part, I mean, I, I just using my own assessment, when I took my first assessment in two, 2003, my assessment is very different 23, 20 years later. Why? Because I've had a lot of life changes. I've matured. I've grown. I've had kids. My kids are now adults. All these life events have changed me and also grew me, as well as I had good mentors and coaches, Barry Burnett, Bruce Wiseman, Matt MacArthur, Aaron, all of, and Kim Archer. They were all my coaches. They're the ones that I looked to for advice, for direction, and they've built me up and they've helped me overcome some of my fears 
knowing what my, you know, where my comfort zones were. Aaron's been a great mentor to me throughout these years that I've been with Opportunity Interactive, and he's helped me overcome some of my fears of assertiveness that I lack, you know, maybe self-confidence that maybe I was lacking. And that's where you could help to grow that employee if you know those areas and you know that you can help them in those areas. Wow, that that's so good. And And just talking about how the growth that happens when people come from somewhere to somewhere else and are allowed to flourish, given the opportunity to flourish, I can you spoke to your own assessment. I can speak to mine as well. And I believe you pointed this out in one of our meetings. I, I think I was a three or a four on assertiveness when I started, mm-hmm. but I'd never been a manager before. I'd never been in a role where I was leading and guiding people. And you get those opportunities and and it, you can change and you can grow and that can be coached. And so understanding too the situation that people are coming from, they mm-hmm. might've been in a bad working environment and that can have an impact in their assessment. And we still want to look for those people who align with what we're doing because that's going to make us successful. It's going to make them successful, but also not being afraid to coach in those areas where, okay, this person doesn't a hundred percent align but we can invest in this person and they're going to they're going to come out and be it's, it's going to be a real win for both them and for our company. Absolutely. I love that. So I do want to touch on this because you and I in our pre-discussion mentioned it and I, I want to put it out there as well. Are there things that assessments aren't or shouldn't be used and and I ask this because and maybe any pitfalls that we can experience during the assessment process. You had mentioned there are just maybe some things that we need to keep in mind for owners, for managers on the legal side of using assessments mm-hmm. and just making sure that we've got our bases covered. And when we approach assessments, we're doing it in a way that's how it's supposed to be done and, and is is proper and ethical and, and all of those things. So one of the things that there's a lot of different assessments out there, not, you know, ours is not the only assessment out there. There's tons of different ones. We don't want to go and get involved in assessments that could determine someone's medical conditions, mental health conditions, things like that. And there's a lot of tests that try to uncover that, or they may make you know, mention of it. And that's where you want to look at the legalities of some of these tests. One of the key things in, in HR, we always say is, if you can ask that question of everyone in your company, then it's probably a legal question. If you can't, if you can only ask it of certain either gender or nationalities or religions, then that's an illegal question to ask. The same thing with the testing. If there's questions that are being asked that are very personal on medical level, where they're all of a sudden asking about things of, you know, extreme lashing out or, you know, things that could cause, you know, reveal narcissistic behaviors or things like that, that's probably an illegal test to be giving to an employee for hiring purposes. So I always say, look at the assessment and what is the purpose of that assessment? Is it used to match them to the job, or are we using it to get into more the psychological side of things that you know could be misinterpreted or misused in, you know, in, in trying to make a decision with the hiring? Our assessment is strictly focused on job fit. So that's what it looks at is are they fit for that job? And it's tied to the positions of those individuals. It's fairly, you know, everybody takes the same assessments. It's exactly the same, whether you're the president of the company or the warehouse or the parts runner. You're taking the same questionnaire. Everyone's asked the same questions. The difference is the results because you're a different person. 
So it, that where it, where it becomes that fairness of we asked everybody the exact same questions. They all had to go through those timed sections and answer the numbers questions and pick out the words and look at the shapes. There was no unfairness in any way with anyone. And some tests do get where you use one type of test for this position, one type for that position. You want to be consistent across the board. So if you're Obviously, if it's a skills test, it's going to be different. You know, technicians going to skill testing is going to be different from installer. But when it's talking about personalities, being able to use the same questions across the board is going to be important. So legality, I would look at, you know, for example, disk assessment. It's not giving you information. Is this person a fit for that job? It's giving you where do they peg, and then it becomes more of a biased decision at that point. If people like someone who's a more leader person, I hire everybody who's a leader, they focus on that one square, and then it becomes unfair to everyone else, right? So you want to look at, DISC is always great to use post-hiring, more for team-building purposes. It's not a test I would recommend to use for hiring decision-making purposes. Very good. That's a super helpful information for owners and managers who are thinking about starting this process. So I want to give you a chance to talk about it because you've you've kind of teased it and we at BDR highly recommend Recruit for Business and, and what you guys do for our industry, for us. BDR uses you guys, I think on a pretty much every person who comes into BDR goes through the assessment process. Yep. But I want to give you just kind of give us an overview of of recruit for business and and assessments and kind of what what separates you guys and the industry and and gives you such a great resource for for contractors out there looking to kind of ramp up their HR, their recruiting, their their in the office and out in the fields, just everything that they have moving forward to grow their company. So what we do at Recruit for Business, we're kind of a full cycle recruiting and HR service. So we can help a company from you come to us and you just say, I have all these jobs I need to fill. I'm desperate. I need help. We take it on and we are the ones advertising, screening your applicants, taking them through the assessment process, giving your recommendations, but ultimately the final decision is yours. We help companies with career pathing for their existing employees, how to develop a career path for a specific position and how to take them through it. We can help you with any kind of HR issues that arise, whether it's employee making allegations or claims, and now you're going, what do I do? How do I investigate this to see if it's true or false, et cetera? So we can get involved in helping you through that process. Our favorite is when clients don't know how to terminate someone, we love to coach you how to fire people. <laughs> so... <laughs> Of course, hirings are a priority, but if the firing needs to be done, we will help you through it. So we are a kind of a full service HR, recruiting, advising you and helping you grow your team, make your team more cohesive, helping you with matching your install leads to your helpers. You know, and assessments is a big part of that whole process too. So when we're doing recruiting, we absolutely say we know that statistically when we recommend someone to be hired and we don't have an assessment on them, we're going to tell you it's a 50-50 chance they're going to work out because we don't know enough. We don't know the things under the surface that we typically would reveal through an assessment. So I always recommend use an assessment as part of your hiring process to make sure the guarantee is much higher. It's probably 98% accurate if you follow what assessment recommends. Also, it's 98, 100% accurate if you don't follow what the assessment recommends. So <laughs> I heard that more, more than once where you were right. We shouldn't have hired them. We got emotionally attached. So assessments are pretty spot on about the candidates. So when it says don't hire, please listen. 
All right. Well, let's say I'm a owner out there and I'm I'm curious about this assessment process. I, I think we have a way. We've got a way set up where where people can can test out an assessment to see if it's a right fit and see what it can actually do for the hiring process. And I think we have a way for people to actually try that just to kind of see the impact that it can have. Absolutely. If you've never done an assessment before, please let us know. We'll send you one complimentary so you could try it either on yourself as an owner to get to learn more about yourself. Or if you've got an employee that you're like, I'm just struggling with them, we could have them take that assessment. It's more up to you who you'd like to assess. I always recommend do it on yourself because you know yourself best, or you might be in denial about yourself and you could have your spouse look at it or someone else who knows you well. <laughs> but if you're not comfortable or you're hesitant, I always tell people, who's the employee you're having challenges with? Let's have them assess and I can give you some insight on how to make it work. Like what are the challenges? And I can give you pointers of how you can make it work and why you're struggling there. So you can reach out to Recruit for Business. Sarah Johnson can help you get that complimentary assessment set up so you can give it a try. If you've taken one as a profit coach client, you probably already have it. I don't know if, you know, this is where I'd be happy to review your assessment if you and the coach agree for me to get involved. <laughs> so what's the what's the best way somebody can reach out to you, can get into contact with you, whether it's the assessment process or if they just have more questions about if assessments are the right fit and and how they can start moving forward with that. Easiest is the info at Recruit for Business email address. So, or go to our website, recruitforbusiness.com with the number four, and there's a request option in there for an assessment. Very good. Well, I want to end with one question to kind of put a wrap on this episode here. If you could pick one or two things, why would you recommend to owners and managers that every team member who joins your company go through the assessment process? If you want to build a strong team, you need to start with the assessment. That's going to be my kind of top. If you want to build a strong team, you need to start with the assessment to understand your team. Well, I don't I don't think anybody listening to this podcast would say they don't want to build a strong team. So sounds to me like assessments and having those both in the hiring process as well as in the employee development process is, is a must for every business out there and, and growing and becoming more successful and, and taking the next step in your business. Absolutely. Appreciate you having yeah. me here. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Oksana, for joining us. Again, you can check out Recruit for Business online or email info at recruitforbusiness.com. And thank you again, Oksana, so much for joining us. And thank you, all of you out there for listening and for joining us for another episode of Prime Partners Podcast. We'll see you again soon. <laughs>